You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Formation Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I also write about developing relationship with God at ryanhughley.com. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Formation, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support and bookkeeping to churches around the country. Learn more at myxp.church. So last week we kicked off uh, a new series uh, wrestling with this uh, simple but I would say significant question of what if smaller worship venues are viable? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, what we're, we're trying to push back against based on... We hope on, so. We hope. <laughs> uh, but what we're pushing back on based on what we are currently experiencing is this notion that in order to be a viable, meaningful, important, significant church, you have to have like some big, huge, grand worship venue. Totally. Um, and so last week we we talked about some of the problems inherent with that. And so the three that we talked about was the obvious cost uh, that comes with having a bigger space, but also the availability. It can be much harder to find space in general, but larger can be really, I mean, I've just had so many conversations over the last couple of months with pastors in our own city that have the money to, to even be able to afford a larger space, but they just can't find it. Mm-hmm. And then the third one would be just this general trend in worship attendance that has only been um, multiplied post-COVID, which mm-hmm. is that attendance is declining in many churches. Sure. Or, or that even, even regularity. if... The regularity, yeah. I think, more than anything else, and that people are just not attending with the same consistency as they once did, which means, you know, like when we talked about this last week, but the average worship venue in America, research says, is 200 people, and the average size church is 65 people. Mm-hmm. So clearly, we don't need all of that space. Right. And so what that that brings us back to this question of what if these smaller venues can be viable? And we just moved in for Sunday worship to our 4,000 square foot ministry center Mm -hmm. that we've had for the past three years. And it's just been an incredible first two months for us. Um, That being said, um, oftentimes when it comes to the subject of smaller venues, you Mm -hmm. hear all of the challenges, all the problems, all the complaints. And there Mm -hmm. are challenges, which is something we'll talk about next week. But there are also, what I would say we don't hear enough about is all of the opportunity that is bound up in smaller venues. Mm -hmm. And so we uh, came up with just this short list of what we are experiencing as a handful of the most significant opportunities. And so we'll dive into those. Why don't you kick us off with the first one? Yeah, so the first thing is that it brings down your monthly expenses and then overall kind of move-in and renovation costs. It's just the reality when you have, like, less. It's why, like, tiny houses are such a big deal because you can spend, like... $15,000 $15,000 and get a palace that's yeah. tiny, but it's real nice. Yeah. Um, and so it just, it you know, it's like math. Uh, Even tiny houses, though, on that uh-huh. note, because I have every once in a while just have this weird fascination with them. Yeah. 
they are insanely expensive now. Are they really? <laughs> Hundreds of thousands oh. of dollars. For a tiny house? Oh, I'm dude, we are talking. It does what? Oh, I mean, it's they're sick. They're just real small. If it doesn't transform her into my car and drive me to work, <laughs> it does not it do is that. Not worth it. Anyhow, Anyhow. so yes. Uh, in our case, um, it cut our monthly rental expense largely in half mm-hmm. because we were spending about the same on five hours a week on Sundays for our rental space at a community college getting a nonprofit discount. I know I support lots of churches, and every month when I send that rent bill, I just think, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, because there's churches, they're paying even way more than what we were paying. Oh, yeah. I know churches that spend ten grand plus just on all they get is Sunday mornings for a very abbreviated period of time. Crazy. Um, and so it's pretty it's pretty insane how much these venues can charge for. Because, again, when you're looking for the big venue in your town, you know, the arenas are not really dialing you in for being a nonprofit. Yeah. They're excited to cash your checks. Yeah. Um, and so whether that be, you know, just those larger venues are yeah. used to, you know, big names that can pay the bill. And they're typically managed by really popular companies. And, mm-hmm. I mean, even movie theaters yeah, nowadays, they... They have turned over their rental to a third-party company that, like, I mean, will charge you for every light bulb that you want turned on. And Mm -hmm. so it's just – it's crazy. Uh, I think – as a result of that, um, bringing down the monthly expenses, uh, we've been able to like add donuts to our kind of worship experience. Uh, we'll explain kind of the reasoning why as mm-hmm. we talk through this and and what that's accomplishing and all of that. But that said, we were able to uh, spend more money on things that before would have been superfluous or mm-hmm. probably wouldn't make the budget. Uh, certainly, it's not like we just are like rolling in the cash because we cut our rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and like everyone, we've seen lots of people come and go and leave and all of those kind of things. And so um, God really provided for that to happen well for us and and well-timed. But to, you know, spend a few dollars a month or a week on donuts has not been a problem, whereas before it would have been something to think about. Um, And then also, I think it puts you in a place when you're reducing your expenses. Um, I know uh, of of the churches that we support, uh, every one of them is really stressed about their finances. The 2022, like, year-end P&Ls for churches are not uh, are not really, really exciting. A lot of churches um, are functioning with very little margin. Yes, financially. very little margin or dipping into reserves. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm seeing a lot of is, you know, that money saved for a rainy day or the building fund money or something like that has to be dipped into just to keep meeting together now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this really alleviates some of that pressure because what we are also seeing in the church right now is people leaving for inexplicable reasons. Sometimes they communicate them. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's a very simple thing. Sometimes it's a political thing. Sometimes it's a social thing, sometimes, whatever it is. And I think that uh, it's inevitable that as the pastor, as a person who's like, uh, your your livelihood is dependent on this job, it can be very stressful. And mm-hmm. I think pastors then uh, get put into a place where they're trying to appease people that they shouldn't. They should, should they should be lovingly inviting them to leave and that kind of thing. And so just reducing the overall cost and what it takes to actually run the church, um, I think is a real win. Yeah, I agree. Kind of on that note, a second thing would be then as you, maybe you have a little bit more margin mm-hmm. in the midst of this, it provides opportunity to invest in creating a better environment. Totally. So again, I think you talked about this a little bit last week, but the larger the venue, 
the more of everything that you need mm-hmm. and the bigger everything has to be. So totally. if you've got a great big worship auditorium, you got to have a great big sound system to make it work. If you have, you know, a ton of connection space, you need a lot of furniture, a lot of seating. Like it just, oh. the bigger it gets, the more of all that you need. And inevitably then people, you end up having to go cheaper on that stuff. So you end up with some, you know, some churches that look like a college dorm room where everything's pieced together or it's like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of good Ikea so I don't mean this is a slam against Ikea by any means, but you end up with like the real cheap Ikea that is just horribly uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and looks like really cheap Ikea. Well, and I I mean, even like uh, the larger church that we were a part of in North Carolina, it was previously uh, kind of a convention center hotel type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, and as they moved in, they had, you know, just left it all kind of that old brick and it was looking tired. And I remember we even had a conversation about like, man, could we get this building painted and painted all mm-hmm. one color? Cause it was multiple colors. There was old and new and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and the quote came back at over $200,000 Yeah, and that's for paint just to make it gray. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we wanted to make it gray Yeah, and that's what the cost was. And mm-hmm. so I get that sometimes that's what, but it, but it's also hard to pitch people on like, you know what we need? the church to be gray, give $200,000. Right. Um, And so it just is hard when you're looking at that kind of scope. But to your point, when it's smaller, I mean, I look at our children's spaces and they are nice. Mm -hmm. um, And we have some really nice things in them. I mean, I I know there are some churches out there that like hire Imagineers. I have a friend who works for a company that does that and they come in and like do up your whole space and all that. So those are better. But I would take what we've got for our kids' spaces, our, like, family room, like, your kids' crying space, all of that, and put it against any I've ever seen in Mm -hmm. just, like, a regular church situation. And it's not because we, like, lost our minds on what we spent. Uh, We didn't spend all that much, but it's because our spaces weren't that big, so you didn't have to buy 70,000 of them. Yep. When you have less space, you you can invest more to make them... Nice. And so I I would say, and this was true before we, when this was just our ministry center, but I can't tell you, I've lost count at this point, the number of people who Mm. have come into this space for the first time and always say the same thing. Like, I wish my house was like this. Yeah. And, and it's because we have less space to work with. We've been able to really be intentional about having nice furniture that is Mm -hmm. actually comfortable, creating environments that are actually inviting and welcoming. And again, when you're just trying to afford, Ford, the shell, you don't have the ability to do that. And so that is a really, really great opportunity. What's number three? Number three is that it brings us physically closer after years of isolation. And I think this is just so important and so Mm -hmm. needed. Um, If you've got a big space and there's nothing you can do about it or whatever, and there's lots of places for people to spread out they're going to until they can't uh we've always been in a space oversized for our needs and so even though the physical distancing and all of those kind of things like went away people did not change their behavior yeah and now there's just no choice (laughs) yeah and so we're sitting closer and we're seeing each other and we are um just uh, you know it it feels like there's life again in our church I, i talked to a pastor a couple weeks ago who is pastoring um, uh, existing, like it's been there for a long time, but they have this huge and even nice auditorium. I think he told me it sits like 400 people Mm -hmm. and their current attendance has been as low as 30 or 40 people on Sunday. Mm. And he just said, he's like, it doesn't matter 
how nice this is. It just feels awful. Yeah. And it has this, and I mentioned this a little bit last week, but the emotional effect that it has on people is that it unconsciously even signals to them, this thing is dying. Yeah. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to mean that. I mean, obviously, like a church of 30 people in this, I mean, thankfully, this person's building is totally paid off. Praise mm. God for that. Mm-hmm. So the cost isn't an issue. But it still is, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel good. And since we moved in here, like, it, this feels more alive, I would say, than it has in any of the five years we've been here. Sure. And, and. I mean, even in that person situation, it's paid off. Cost isn't an issue until the HVAC unit that yeah. costs seventy five. And those thirty people out. are not going to be able to pay for that. No, exactly. Uh, I think also another thing that I have loved is um, I'm really passionate about the fact that new people are connected with. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things, no matter how hard we tried or how much we signed, there's always like multiple entrances and exits to mm-hmm. and from a building. And I would oftentimes like go in after like being out front greeting at mm-hmm. our like previous space. And there's all kinds of people who snuck in somewhere. Yeah. Maybe they just weren't feeling it that day. Maybe they just thought it was a quicker, you know, path to least resistance, whatever. Or they whatever. got confused or yeah, whatever. For sh- who knows what. And I love that you don't come in without getting said hello to. You don't get to sit down. Like, everyone knows. Like, when yeah. somebody's new, um, everyone knows. We had a situation a couple weeks ago where this person was on their second visit. Mm-hmm. Um, the person who had invited them uh, had was serving in our children's ministry. Mm-hmm. And so she was sitting there, and someone else in our church... Yeah, got up and went to sit with her, Yeah, which was awesome to see. And I I would argue that would probably happen in most churches if people even understood that was going on. And in an environment like this, it's just so much easier to do that. Uh, We've also loved... Um, how the worship feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the very first week, one of our long time worship leaders, I mean, he's been on staff at a church. He's led mm-hmm. a lot of worship in his life. Yep. And he just commented on the fact that, uh, you know, uh, there's, we have no stage. I mean, we have yep. the tiniest little round thing that you can sit on so people can see you. Yeah. But outside of that, there's no stage the for anyone. Floor, so when everyone yeah. stands, uh, even our production area is one of those, like, uh, what do they call them? Like, standing desks yeah. that goes up and down yeah. and they have to like raise it up just so that they can kind of see. Yeah. Uh, there's no way to see anyone. And so the worship leaders no longer, he commented that it just feels like we're all in a room singing together versus them being on stage and like performing. And even though you'd coach that you're not supposed to do that, it's hard to not feel like that when in most churches in America, they're on a big stage with fancy lights and who knows what Dude, else. I like, can't tell you, it. I'm going to sound like such a curmudgeon. <laughs> I have been in so many pre-service prayer meetings where where I have heard, when I guarantee you I prayed this at some point in my past when I was a worship leader. I've heard so many worship leaders pray, Lord, help us to hide behind the shadow of your cross and help people just to see you. And then they climb up on a stage that's 10 feet in the air and perfectly lit so that everyone can see them. Sure. And, and they're typically eye-magged up on the screen. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I'm just like, to your point, it is a very, something that in 20 plus years of ministry, I've never experienced the sensation of not, re- unless you're in the front row, you can't see our band. Right. So it is, our screens are up in the air high so that you can see them. So we all can see the screens, but no one can even see the worship. Like, no. And it is a very, and I'm sure most people listening to that were like, well, that sounds terrible. And I would just say, you should experience because it's 
pretty special yep. the way that it feels. And, sure. and again, because we're all jammed together, like this past Sunday, like you just can hear everybody sing. Mm-hmm. And that's even with like, we've got a good sound system and we don't like, you know, we're not doing acapella worship for all sure. of our songs and stuff, but it just sounds amazing to really loudly be able to hear everybody's totally. voices. I love that. Yep. So another thing I would say is that it helps satiate uh, what I do believe is a shared longing for intimacy that all human beings have. Like God created us for intimacy with him, intimacy with one another. And we don't often think about how our spaces that we worship in either aid or hurt our experience of intimacy with Mm -hmm. one another. And I would say being in this smaller room together, it feels very intimate. Next week, I think we'll probably talk about some of the challenge of that. But it is amazing that we can, as we've just said, like it feels like being in a living room together. Um, and we can hear one another and we can see one another because of how weird we have to like sit our room. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's up close to the front, you know, like the last venue that we were in was stadium seating. And so I just remember feeling so far from people, Mm -hmm. you know, and especially during COVID, they were literally pushed so far back and it just had this weird disconnected Mm. feeling to it. Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, it's just like, I just feel like I'm sitting in people's lap Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we are so close together. And it has very much felt like this sort of like, I mean, we're not a house church, but, there's a kind of feels like that sometimes mm. just with like actual space for kids to be in and a sound system. And, but it just has been for me so refreshing to feel the intimacy of that again. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. what will be our last one? Our last one is that space is the space that you have is more manageable for the volunteers. Yeah. Um, we were able to, and, and, and granted, like, uh, I know some churches, even the, the church that we used to be a part of, they've got some like contractors on staff. They've yeah. got some people who like really understand and know what to do and how to do it. And we were able to like totally kind of refit and renovate this space with like volunteers who did some YouTubing and granted, like everything's safe and all of those kind of things. Um, But because what we were asking for was a couple of walls or, you know, uh, the addition of this or painting that or that kind of thing, we were able to do it all. We didn't hire a single vendor. The Mm -hmm. only vendor we hired was Service Master to clean the nasty floor uh, because nobody had one of those machines. Right. Um, Outside of that, we didn't have to hire any vendors. Um, and it's just way more manageable. And, and by that, I mean, um, the facility itself is more manageable. We can let people use it and it's easy to know what to turn on and what to turn off and how to set the alarm and all of that. Cause it's all at home stuff. You don't have yeah. to invest in the real expensive things. Like everything here is like Alexa run. Yeah. Um, or, um, even like our tech stuff is just much more digestible yeah. for the average person to participate in. You don't have to be a subject matter expert or an IT professional to make things work, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to care for the space and to, uh, you know, keep it looking nice. And those types of things, again, are all doable uh, with the people that God has like entrusted us with. Yeah, And just by way of example, so we've been here for, we had had a couple Sundays that we did not meet over the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been five. here. We have had five Sundays. We had, before, we had yeah. five Sundays before you and I were gone a couple of weeks ago for a whole weekend. Yep. And, and everything worked. Yeah. 
and falling. Like, but I can't imagine. I mean, even if we were truthfully, even when I mean, what was it? A few years ago, when we were on an annual vacation together, we did get a call on a Sunday morning when we were still mobile. From I mean, and these were volunteers that had set up and torn down the church a hundred times at this mm-hmm. point, and there was still something that was so complicated they couldn't figure it out. Yep. Or like wasn't comp. I remember the issue. It wasn't yeah. complicated, but there were so many moving parts. Totally. That it's it easy just, to forget one yeah. of the million steps you have to take. Yeah, and so after five Sundays in this brand new environment. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a single call other than, hey, everything went great. Yeah. And I learned this weekend, uh, you know, Dee Dee covered for me. And I learned this weekend that, she, you know, there are a bunch of things that did But she was able to just, like, troubleshoot them or mm-hmm. figure them. Because, I don't know, when the solution is, like, did you unplug it and plug it back in and that works, it's great. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes, like, you don't even, like, you can't even reach the plug of some of these, like, massive production areas. And right. so uh, I just think it's it's far more doable and digestible. Yeah. So when you think about, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, so you might have to think about your answer to this, but when Uh you, when you think about, so we have been here now a couple of months, what's you personally, even if it's something we've talked about already, what's your favorite thing about this home that we're in now? Mm, I mean, this is going to be a really selfish favorite thing, mm-hmm. but that my alarm doesn't have to set for 5.15 on Sunday mornings anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a I long mean, run of that. That's huge. Yeah, for years and years and years and yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, so I think that um, definitely, and, and that I just don't have to, and I think the other thing was I always carried a deep amount of uh, stress and anxiety that are we going to leave things the way we should? And, yeah. you know, and and I've always been responsible for managing the relationship with like, whoever it was. And now like, uh, I mean, I, obviously I care about what our landlord thinks, but we're in like a five-year lease and pay rent on time. And that's literally all he cares about. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I would say that that's, that's probably mine too. I guess the two things would be uh, one. It, it was so, and for those that are in mobile environments, they, they, I'm sure will really resonate with this, but there's just the stress of every week, not knowing if stuff's going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, when you trailer set up, tear down a sound system in particular every single week, or you're using a rented space that you're like wondering, are they going to let us in? Oh yeah. I mean, how many times have we had that stress or you know, is the number of times we've showed up and a stage is covered in, we had an Easter Sunday that, that the high school was doing zombie prom, Mm -hmm. right? Was there like, so like, that's not awesome. It looked like there was like blood splashed on the sides and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, It was fun. So it just like the, the fact that that is all gone, I will take the challenges that we will talk Mm -hmm. about in the coming weeks to know that. And then the second thing really is like, um, I understand the 70% rule, you know, like once your, your room is 70% full, mm. there's something supposedly that happens inside of people. Cause they're too dumb to realize like there's 30% more seats or we could do an, right. <laughs> whatever. That's just the constant messaging around. Like if it's 70% full, you're done growing. And I'm just like, okay, well, this is awesome and meaningful. And God is working powerfully week in and week out in mm-hmm. this space. And, and it's amazing. Yeah. And I love that. And who cares? Because <laughs> God gives the growth. So if, right. he, if he intends to grow you bigger, he'll probably give you a bigger space. Yeah. Or I don't know. Add an, I mean, it's, it's your space. Add another service. Yeah. Which uh, yeah. we'll talk Lots about in a couple of weeks. 
So uh, those are a handful of the opportunities that we've seen next week. Um, we don't want to just look at this with rose-colored glasses. Is that the phrase? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. But uh, we want to talk honestly about some of the challenges. We've, we have challenges. We have a mm-hmm. number of limitations that we have had to, to work around. And we taught, like my, my joke about our new space is that we are now the tiny, ch- tiny ch- house of churches. Mm-hmm. And if you think about living in a tiny house, um, they can be great, but they've got a lot of limitations mm-hmm. that you have to work around. Everybody and knows when you go into the bathroom. Yep. That's that is one of them for mm-hmm. sure. Ironically, that's pretty true in our church too. Uh, 100%. <laughs> so we're going to be back next week to talk about that. But until then, we would love to be able to connect with you on social media. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And it would also, if you have not subscribed to my weekly newsletter, The Lighthouse, every week uh, I send a new article about how to develop relationship with God. You can find me on the same platforms at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.